Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and I'm really excited to have you back here for our second episode ever. We had a great one last week with J.D. Dubois, who we thank once again. Had just a ton of excellent feedback from that episode. Really happy you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you do continue to enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're available everywhere. Uh, and also make sure to rate us five stars and review so we can keep getting that good feedback and keep this thing rolling. we got another great show upcoming this week with former LMU Lion Autumn Jacko here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every LA team and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome back, everybody, into this brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host once again, Jesse Cass, and as mentioned, we have a really good conversation with former LMU Lion Autumn Jacko on this week's episode. Autumn played for the Lions in the 2015-16 season, just one year with the Lions, but what a year it was. He averaged over 16 points and over six rebounds. He was electrifying with many alley-oop and spectacular highlight dunks, and he's an even better guy, so it was great to catch up with him and get his thoughts on his time at LMU, the current LMU ball club, and his foray into an international professional career where he's played in Israel and Germany uh, to this point. So that's a great conversation. Before we get you there, really quickly want to update you on the past week in LMU basketball. Of course, where we last left you, they had suffered a tough loss at home to St. Mary's. Lions had a, a tough week on the schedule with Gonzaga on the road and a rematch with Pepperdine at home. But the Lions did a really nice job to, to get a split out of those two ball games. Of course, Gonzaga, as tough as always, they're number five in the nation right now. And if you look at some of the statistics in the West Coast Conference, no other team besides St. Mary's or BYU has beaten Gonzaga in conference in nearly five years. It's been almost 1,800 days. So Lions certainly not alone in that aspect, but they battled hard in that basketball game. It was a one-point game midway through the first half, a 14-point game at the half. Gonzaga then pushed it out. Uh, up toward 30. The Lions battled back, ended up losing by 18, but it was certainly uh, not a bad showing in Spokane at all, considering the talent level of that Gonzaga team, who you'll certainly see deep into the NCAA tournament. So the Lions held their own there and then came back home for what was a very quick turnaround. They had a long travel day uh, on Friday, didn't get back into LA around 6 p.m. from that Spokane trip Friday, and then they played on Saturday at 1 p.m. against their rival Pepperdine, who they had already lost to by 15 earlier this year. But they came out with a spirited effort. It was a great back-and-forth game, one of the better games all year. And the Lions made the big plays down the stretch to win that one, 74-70. So they improved to 14-5 and on the year, now 2-3 and in conference play, and right back in the thick of things as far as the conference standing. So it was a huge win to, to get that redemption back and win over Pepperdine and put the Lions right back on track. And... As always, the conference mentioned before, just so tough. There are no easy games or nights off, so pretty much say this every week, but it'll be a tough tough week ahead, but winnable games nonetheless at San Diego and at Santa Clara coming up this week, so we'll certainly keep you updated on those games with the Lions uh, in a great position right now, as mentioned, 14-5 and five overall, 2-3 and three in the conference, and feeling good about themselves after a great team win where five players scored in double figures in that ball game, including 
Eli Scott leading the way with 17. Huge baskets from the freshman Damian Douglas. So it was a it was a great win and one that the Lions needed to get uh, to get themselves, as you mentioned, back in the thick things in the conference standing. So they did that, got the win, and they'll look for more on the road upcoming this week. And one person who was there in the crowd, it was Autumn Jacko. So he was there. I had a chance to catch up with him after the game, got his thoughts on this Lion team, the current one, his one from just a few years ago, and as mentioned, his his foray into international basketball and everything else to do with his career and his life. So we had a great conversation and want you to enjoy it right now. So here's our conversation with Autumn Jacko. I'm very happy to be joined now by my guest, Autumn Jacko. He played for LMU a couple years back, 2015-16 season. Autumn, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Autumn, obviously, uh, we're here right now just in the in the depths of Gerson Pavilion. We just uh, witnessed uh, a game here a couple hour, or about an hour ago with LMU beating Pepperdine uh, by four. Uh, I know you've been around a lot of games for this year's team. What have you seen from this year's group and, and just in this game that they just were able to, to pull out in a big win? Um, just fight, honestly. That's, that's what I've seen a lot. You know, I've been to a couple games this year, and um, I see they're a real – they're a real gritty team. They have grit. They have fight. They're, you know, they have their dogs on their team. So, what I saw today, they were just able to, you know, it got it got real tight late, and the grit, the toughness of this team was able to pull it out. Yeah, and how much does that remind you of of your team that you played on the the year you were here, fifteen to fifteen? I would I would say gritty describes you guys as yeah. well. But of course, the same coaching staff you played for Mike Dunlap. So. That has to be kind of part of the DNA of, of, of his teams in general. But, exactly. but does it remind you of that at all? Yeah, it, uh, a lot, exactly. Because um, just like you said, it's the same coaching staff. We have Dunlap at the head of the coaching staff. And, you know, he's a um, very strict guy when it comes to doing what's right for the team, what needs to be done for the team. And, you know, he, he wants his players to do what is best, what's best for the team. So... You know, it's the same thing, and these guys really handled that well and displayed that tonight, I feel like. And, of course, you, you got your start here at LMU, or before that you played uh, some junior college. What mm-hmm. what was it about Mike Dunlap and his pitch to come here that, that made it attractive to play here, and, and how was it playing for him and this coaching staff here at LMU? Um, it was cool. Like, it, yeah. his pitch was, you know, it was basic. I'm going to do this. Um this is what you're looking at, this is what our team is looking at, and this is what it is. You know, with a lot of other coaches, you get a lot of show and, you know, them trying to sweeten things and stuff like that. But, you know, Dunlap was very, you know, straight to the point and very honest, and whatever he told me, you know, ended up happening while I was at the school. So I feel like I made a good choice, and the reason why I made the choice was because he was so straight with me and so honest. And you kind of alluded to it, but that, that feels like that has to be rare, right? In the coaching yeah, profession, at least, exactly. uh, the recruiting pitch where exactly. a lot of guys won't be exactly honest with you, but, but he, he is. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of coaches are going to, you know, tell you what you want to hear. And, I mean, why, you know, why wouldn't they? Yeah. But then, again, you know, you have the guys that are honest and really they don't want to tell you what you want to hear. They want to tell you what's going to happen. And, you know, that's, that's my gun lap, so... Yeah, and of course it worked out well for you. Your year here was was really great for you individually. The team right. played well as well, going fifteen and fifteen that year. But for you, jumping up from the junior college level to Division One, 
didn't seem like any drop off or a real adjustment. I'm sure there was, but 15 and a half points or 16 and a half points rather, right. uh, six and a half rebounds. You know, all these highlight dunks and great plays, and mm-hmm. just being one of the leaders of the team almost off the bat. Yeah, it just. Um... I give a lot of that credit to, you know, our coaching staff and, you know, the other players, honestly, too, Um, because, you know, Coach Dunlap said, you know, this is what we're going to do, you know, throw it to Autumn, throw it, you know, throw it to the rim, do that, and, you know, to credit our players, that's what they did, to credit the coaching staff, they helped coach our team in order to get me the ball and get me, you know, into that situation where I could do that. So I like I place a lot of credit on the coaching staff and on the players for you know allowing that to happen, and for me it's just you know it's it's the same thing as junior college you know they put me in that situation for me to do that and as long as my teammates and my coaches trust that I can do that then I'll do it it's it's not a problem with that yeah so no, it was pretty much the same thing you know yeah no question and you mentioned of course Mike Dunlap he's done a great job here. Uh, but he can be demanding as a head coach. For oh, yeah. you, to coming here from a different coaching staff, was that an adjustment at all? And and how did you deal with it in practice? And and obviously, you know, certain yeah. players react to things differently. But what was your approach to it? And, and how much did you enjoy playing for him? Um, well, first off, I I love playing for Mike Dunlap. Like he's, I would put him as one of you know the best coaches that I've ever played under. And you know, yeah, no he's, question. He's high high up there for sure. But, um, you know, when it – I just feel like he he has such a high demand and him as a person, you know, he's the type of person that, you know, he, he's going to get something done. And whether it's with you or it's with another player or it's with, you know, whoever's down the bench, down the line, it's going to get done. Or he's going to get a player that, you know – wants to do something for the team in order so when it comes to just playing under him it was you know it was really strict and yeah he has you know a lot of things you you need to do and a lot of things but it it works and it's it's successful and what he what he's experienced as a coach is what allowed me to just listen and take whatever he said and do whatever he said you know to the best of my ability so but yeah he is a, it's really it's really strict but you can see why you can see why when it, when you look at his career yeah and, and having a chance to to travel with you guys and mm-hmm. see it firsthand obviously you know that's kind of the perception is that you know he is a serious coach he likes to get things done but he is also you know has a great relationship with his players Oh, yeah. uh, he has his lighter side where you know he knows when to pull back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said a lot of people wouldn't know about that in general, but that's something that I'm sure you experienced as well. Oh yeah, he's he's like aside from basketball, aside from all that, he's the best guy I know. Honestly, yeah. best person. Um, he's like I said, like you just said, you know, he knows when to pull back. He knows when to you know be human, as <laughs> as, as as we would say, you know, instead of being a robot, but. You know he knows he knows when to do that and he knows how to do that. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. And um, like I said, I've had times where me and him, you know, go back and forth at practice, and I see him on campus literally an hour later, and he's like, "Hey, Autumn, what's up? Like, you want something? Like, you know, what do you need? You know." So he's he's a great guy, and um, like you said, yeah, he just knows when to 
when to demand things and when to you know be human yeah and, and looking uh, on this year's team which we talked about a little yeah. bit uh they obviously got this win against Pepperdine, a big win for them. Big win. That was good. Yeah, they uh, they had a, a tough loss against Gonzaga, which mm-hmm. most teams do. But mm-hmm. uh, on both of those fronts, playing in Spokane in front of that crowd, right. you got to do that. And then here against Pepperdine, which was a great crowd here for LMU. Right. Um, yeah. What are some of those experiences like in conference where it just seems like every year the league is getting tougher and tougher? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it seems like, you know, it seems like for sure at least – Pepperdine, I could say Pepperdine from example. I watched them today, and then I remember back when we played them. It kind of re- it reminded me of the same, except we went into overtime. We ended up winning at home. We ended up, you know, we lost at, at Pepperdine, but um, it went into overtime, and it just seems like, you know, all these teams are getting so much better, but then so was LMU. Mm-hmm. You know, LMU is getting way much better. And, like, my, my experience in Spokane, you know, and – the fans there and the fans here, you know, it's it's pretty much similar. Same energy. You know, Spokane Spokane, yeah, you know, it's Gonzaga, it's a big gym, it's all that. But when you come down to LMU, it's the fans know you, so they're gonna cheer louder for you. Yeah. It's a of smaller gym, so it's louder. It's not, you know, you don't have so much dead area. So it it I think it. I like it. I like playing here. I and I like seeing the crowd. Like the crowd today was good, and I like seeing that it brought me back. Yeah, no question. When when the crowd is here and you know shows up and exactly. force it, it's a great crowd exactly. in this conference. It helps a lot too. It helps as a as a player, you know, hearing that and seeing that in the stands. It helps. Yeah. Sure. Was was there any place that as a visitor on the road was the toughest place for you to play, or they just kind of the most daunting when you stepped in there as far as their crowd or their atmosphere? Yeah, that um, I would have to say BYU probably just because it was that's probably the biggest gym I played in, and it was just it was crazy. You look up, and you know, you know, in certain gyms you look like you know you look kind of diagonal. But yeah. when I looked up at BYU, like I looked straight up, and there's <laughs> still you know fans up there and all that, and it was full, and. Um, it was just loud. I remember at points in time we we're in the huddle, you know, during timeouts and coaches in front of our face, and I just see his mouth moving. I don't hear anything, but I see his mouth moving. And I'm just, you know, I'm reading lips at this point, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was the most, you know, crazy place to play, and I feel like. Well, that makes sense. I mean, most other gyms here, like you said, this one here in LMU is four thousand. Right. Gonzaga six thousand. BYU has basically an NBA-sized arena with right, eighteen thousand exactly. people. 18, right? So. Uh, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense there. Um, obviously, you, you had your, your one year at LMU and then made the move to go play pro basketball. Yeah. What was behind that decision? And, and obviously, you played in Israel and a little bit in Germany now. What have, what has your international experiences been like? Um, well, experience been good, but I'll get to that. But um, the decision, you know, came from just, you know, when I played at LMU, don't get me wrong, I had a great time. Everything here is great, and I love it. Like, I'm coming back to finish my degree um, mm-hmm. this fall and summer. So, aside from that, like, everything was good. Coaching basketball was good. I just felt like, me personally at the time, it was time for me to help out my mother and my mm-hmm. family and stuff and, um, you know, bring some money back to the table, you know. So, um, I ended up deciding to do that, and then... I got in contact with the agent after I decided, you know, I was going to go pro and all that. 
And then from there, I went went to Israel. I was there for 10 months in the first league in Israel. And uh, experience is, is good. It was a really good league, very competitive with good guys. Amari Stoudemire was playing in the league at the time. Um, I know right after Pierre Jackson ended up playing, uh, New Orleans Noel was playing out there. Um, Nate Robinson played before I got there. So yeah. that league, is it, it's really competitive. It's really big. There's a lot of NBA players that go there. But um, while I was there, it's just, like I said, really competitive. Um, I played the, you know, the power forward center position. And, you know, a lot of guys out there, they're, they're really big and skilled instead of being athletic and, mm-hmm. and quicker as, you know, Americans. They're just they're big bodied and, and skilled. They use skill and they use their their bigness. So yeah. it's just something to get used to when it was something like when I got there I was like, Okay, I'm I'm playing against grown men now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it it's different. It's a different game. I'm not dominating like you know, at only I'm not averaging sixteen. I'm averaging like like six. Yeah. And it, it's just a different it's different. But then, you know, it's everything's a learning experience, and I just learned that, you know, when that happens, you just have to find different ways to, you know, be successful, you know, just work on different stuff, you know. So then that, that transitions into my Germany year, and um, Germany, was, Germany was really fun. Germany was cool. Um, cold and way colder than Israel, <laughs> all that, you know. But it was really good. Competition was the same. Very good competition. You know, there's a lot of good guards out in Germany. Like, amazing guards, amazing uh, wing players. But it's just the same thing, you know, playing with grown men, playing with men who's been playing in that league for 10, 8 years, you know, like that. So they know what to do and they know how to do certain things where refs won't see it, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Refs know them. And, you know, so it's just you got to – for me, it was just – it's always a learning experience. It's always learning, and it's just, you know, sticking to what you're doing because you can't get discouraged, you know, because, like, when I was in Germany, I didn't really play that much. I think I averaged about five, six minutes in Germany. Wow. So it's just you got to, like, keep your head up, just try to keep, you know, helping the team. You know, and that that's that's what I took from that. Like, you're gonna get knocked down. You're gonna just how you get back up. You know. Yeah, of course. And and some of those guys you mentioned, obviously, Amari Stoudemire is, mm-hmm. is a huge name from the Israel experience. Right. Uh, you obviously got to go up against him, and then you know Pierre Jackson is someone who's kind of an international star. You yeah. know, he's dominating exactly. it in China right now, mm-hmm. and and some of the other NBA players you mentioned. But was that uh, obviously exciting for you? But just. Did that take you back a little bit to walk on the court and then see some of these guys that you've seen growing up or on TV? Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember the first time we went to Jerusalem. That's where Mari Sotomayor played. We went there, and um, I walked out on the court for warmups, and I just went out there to do my shooting drills and stuff. And I see Amari Sotomayor over on the other side, and I'm just like, "That's crazy!" Like I really watched him. Like he was one of my favorite players when he was on the Suns. Like him yeah. and Nash. Like that's crazy like I'm really <laughs> on the court with him and then you know um later on the game gets going and then we end up playing and then I end up you know I get subbed in and then it's like okay I'm actually playing I'm playing with the Marisol like I'm in the game with this dude that I used to watch on TV when I was young like yeah, he was guy playing was a, with 
five time All Star. Legend. Yeah. Like, he's an NBA legend. Like people you don't you don't say, okay, like who's the top ten power forwards in the league and not say Mario Stoudemire, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, when he was so, at his peak, he exactly, was, he was uh, exactly. Yeah, amazing. So that's just what I'm thinking of my time. I'm just like, damn, that's crazy. And you know, happened this game I ended up having to do you know numbers wise ended up doing better than him so I was you know that that has you know that was in my head like yeah and I did better than him this game. so you know it was cool but um yeah it's just a it's crazy experience it's real fun though that's really cool hope, yeah. hope you print out and frame that box score just so I, I honestly I should I need to yeah <laughs> um but yeah another aspect of course of, of international plays living in completely new experiences yeah. that you likely wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to Germany, but I have been to Israel. What were your yeah. thoughts of, of Israel and living there? It's obviously a, a different culture and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a little bit of a culture shock. And then also Germany, you mentioned a little colder, but yeah. just those two experiences. Um, well, yeah, both places is definitely a culture shock for sure. It's just like, whoa, <laughs> this isn't what I'm used to. You're American and, you know, Americans, you know, definitely have a different viewpoint on life. Mm-hmm. So, but... Um, Israel is is real nice, like, you know, ge- geography, you know, wise, like, on the Mediterranean Sea, like it's it's great. That yeah. sea, it's warm, you know. Um, the weather is a lot like California. Like you go out there and it's it's rarely cold. The sun's out all the time, and um, it's really big. Like Tel Aviv, like Tel Aviv is their main city, and it's really modernized and and big. And there's a lot of people walking around a lot of businesses, a lot of shops, stuff like that, which is really what I didn't expect, mm-hmm. like, you know, before I went out there. So that, you know, that kind of threw me off. But then after a month of being there, it was just like being in Los Angeles to me. Like, it, it was just like being out here. It was, you know, active. There was, you know, clubs. There were, you know, parties. You get to go to the beach. There's yeah. great places for food. And it's just... You know, it's all that, and it's really great. I liked it a lot, and I, and whenever any, whenever anyone asks me about it, I always compare it to being in California, being in LA. yeah, no, no doubt Tel Aviv is a exactly. a big time modern city, mm-hmm. like you said for sure. And then so Germany, I go to Germany, and you know it's a it's a little like I was a little off of the main city of mm-hmm. Frankfurt. I was yeah. about forty five minutes, thirty forty five minutes south of Frankfurt. Um, and you know it's different because it's not big it's not a big city it's a little town so pretty much you walk around and if you know people people go to the game people will see you you know they don't make a big deal about it because you know it's such a small city Mm -hmm. but you know they do know you and they know who you are um you know i didn't i didn't go out that much in germany like i did in tel aviv you know it was more it was more it's too cold really, <laughs> honestly I just didn't really want to be out there like that but I, I like being in Germany too you know food's great food was great in Israel and Germany so you know like I can't wait to travel the rest of the world and try food and yeah. stuff like that because you know both places were great but um, yeah other than that it's, it's pretty much similar you know mm-hmm. and it's just the only thing that really makes it you know something to get used to at first is being you know by yourself yeah of course you know in somewhere where you know they don't speak your language or you know something like that that's the biggest thing but after that everything's fine it's it's great it's a great experience honestly yeah and in the 
having you know not be English not be the language mm-hmm. was that a factor in your coaching were, were your coaching staff did they speak English or did you have translators uh, how did that work yeah luckily no both of our both of my coaches speak, spoke English so the Israeli coach they all their whole coaching staff they spoke English and uh, they were you know they're Israeli they're Jewish but they all spoke English and then Germany I actually had an American coach Okay. Who was who? I guess you know got a, a deal with that team for multiple years, and he's been out there for you know a few years. But he is American, so uh, that that ended up working out. But I have heard of you know ex teammates and you know stuff like that where they've had coaches who don't speak English, and you know they're just basically yelling at the team, and you know the other teammates are translating, you know, and people. It's just you know. It's a lot. And along with your, your international play, obviously we talked about your time here at LMU. Mm-hmm. I noticed uh, you know, you're still close with some of your teammates. Saw you at the game here today with, with Shamar Johnson, yeah. who, who I know well as well. But how close have you been able to, to keep in contact with some of, some of your other teammates and, and some of the things that they've done? I know Brandon Brown is obviously uh, he's playing overseas as well. Yeah. Just keeping in touch with those guys and seeing what they're up to. Uh, yeah, no, it's I keep in touch with a lot of guys. I, I talked to Boy Totch probably... I don't know, probably a month ago, you know, he's doing his thing in the G League. Yeah, playing for and, the uh, the Westchester Knicks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I talked to Brandon probably about the same time. And me and Sho talk all the time. Shamar is, like, that's my guy. He was my roommate when I was here. So me and him are, we're, we're going to stay close. We're really close. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not tough at all. You know, once you get on a team like that, mm-hmm it's easy to stay in touch you guys are all you guys are all brothers you know unless something something crazy happens which <laughs> you know never does so you know everyone st- stays pretty close after yeah and for those that you know aren't familiar with just like how college sports works or mm-hmm. those road trips you guys are together as you mentioned all the time even when you're not on the road when you're here it, you're on a regimented schedule where you're yeah. practicing and eating together and then rooming together mm-hmm. so what's that like here and then on the road and, and just living that kind of lifestyle while also having to be a student it's got to be uh it's got to be a lot to deal with no yeah it, it's you know it ha- it seems like it could be a lot but i guess you know the way you manage it is everything mm-hmm. the way you know your coaches help you do things is everything you know we had a set schedule here to where you know we got to practice this time study all of this time free time at this time so it made it you know it made it easy but then, you know, we go on road trips. We are always together. Everyone's together. And uh, it just it creates a bond to where, you know, you can't, you can't really break it. You can't, you know, you can't be like, oh, can't talk to someone in, you know, five years and act like nothing happened. You know, as soon as you talk to that person, it's going to be like just like when you guys were at LMU again, I feel like. But, um it's just and that comes from just being together all the time and you know when we go on those road trips we literally we we fly together we we eat dinner together we you know go have fun together Mm -hmm. we're always together like literally we don't do anything by ourselves in that in that sense so you know bonds bonds are gonna happen for sure 
Yeah, and, and someone who was on your team who's still on the Lion team now, Jeffrey McClendon. Right. He's a senior now. Um, what have you seen in, in his development? He, he had a great game in the win over Pepperdine. He had six steals. Mm-hmm. We know he's always been a great defender, but right. just his progression and, and what he's done and, and how, obviously, you've had time with him. Uh, yeah. What do you think about his progression into his senior year? Oh, he's grown a lot for sure. You can't – that's no doubt. Um, yeah. You know, he just – he just plays more mature than he did. You know, when when I was at the school, when I was here, you know, he was a freshman, you know, eager, wanted to, you know, wanted to come out and prove himself fast and, you know, all that, which isn't wrong at all. He still did great when he was here. It's just a different style of play. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's faster. Everything's, you know, aggressive. Everything's, you know, there's no method to it. So now I could see him. I could see he knows when to reach. He knows yeah. exactly when to reach. He knows when to let someone go by him and go behind him and reach. You know, he he knows when to dribble the ball out. He knows when to go for a layup on a fast break or something like that. I saw him I saw him dribble the ball out today a couple times and I was like, "Okay, that's that's smart. He wouldn't have done that back when I was playing." <laughs> yeah. So, um you know, and that I give a lot of credit to him for listening. I get a lot of credit to the coaching staff for staying with him and getting him, you know, to be able to do that. So, yeah, he's he's developed a lot though. For yeah, sure. yeah, definitely. And and while you're watching a game like you were today, mm-hmm. do you do you like recognize the play calls when you're out there sitting watching from the yeah, as a spectator? Like, does it take you back to practice? For sure, for sure. Like, <laughs> man, I remember. I remember. I think it, it wasn't this Pepperdine game. It was, um, it was like two or three games ago. Mm-hmm. But I remember they ran pistol, and as soon as he said pistol, and I saw him do their little gun hand movement, I was like, "Damn, that's crazy!" I know exactly what they're gonna do. They're gonna <laughs> go here, set that screen. This guy's gonna come, set the screen after that. And I just, I just knew what was gonna happen. Just you know, from being here yeah. and all that. And you know, obviously they're. There's differences, there's developments and all that, but you know, you could still you could tell what coach is thinking, you could see what he's you know what he's thinking about and it's like cause I remember looking at him from the sideline and and looking at that same look <laughs> that I just saw him, you know, you know, it's it's just it's a lot of the it's a lot of the same mannerisms when I see, you know, games from then and then when I played in you know it's just it brings me back a lot yeah for sure uh and looking back to your career a little bit you mentioned that you know you'd have your teammates ready to look for you for lobs you were uh had some incredible high-flying dunks (laughs) dunked on a couple of people are there any that stand out I know you had some stuff that was you know WCC top play of the week multiple times, you know, yeah, get on sports center that kind of stuff what 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 stands out to you as something that's memorable um, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think probably BYU when you know I, I that was early in the game, right? Yeah, yeah. That was early <laughs> in the game. I ended up making a player fall. You know, he, I sat him down a little bit. Uh, that was that was probably my most memorable. But I remember just the game. The most memorable game I think was you know San Diego at home. Yeah. After when we won that one, that was a real. You know, that was a big game, and, you know, I think... You got uh, a couple in that one, right? Yeah, I think I had, like, four dunks yeah. that game or four, something like that. 
and um, I remember like my last two dunks they're just my most memorable one of them was an and one and then the other one it should have been an one they didn't call the foul but um, yeah those are just those are crazy I remember after that I, I looked through the crowd and just everyone was you know getting wild crazy yeah. stuff like that so yeah definitely bringing the, the energy to the crowd yeah exactly I think that same game you had the you had one alley where you reversed it in right was that yeah, the same it was game that same game yeah. for sure yeah yeah, yeah so the, dang, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's a good one, yeah. And I was researching this, looking back at some of the plays. It's like, yeah, yeah that, that one stands out for sure. Yeah, that one was definitely a big play for sure. Because I remember I just, I beat the dude down the court, and I Brandon Brown had the ball, and I just looked at Brandon. And as soon as I look at him every time, he knows what to do. He just threw it up there. So I was like, oh. <laughs> and you know what to do with it from exactly. there. Exactly. As soon as he gets it up there, I, I could finish it. I got it. <laughs> All right, Adam. So before we wrap this up, what's what's next for you? Obviously, you've played in, in Israel and Germany now. Um, what do you have going on next, and uh, what can we look forward to from you? Um, right now, you know, I'm back. I'm back in California for a little bit, at least until you know next fall. I plan on coming back to LMU and getting my degree. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Definitely being back here, being back with you know the team and you yeah. know, Coach Dunlap, being able to help and you know give any input I could just because, you know, I experienced it. So I'm just excited to, you know, be back, honestly. That's it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. and finally, just having a chance to watch this team. They're 14-5 and five as we record Man. this right now. Yeah. Uh, we know the conference, as we mentioned, is kind of as tough as it's ever been. But what do you see for the rest of the season, kind of the ceiling of this team and, you know, a real potential for them to get into some, some postseason tournament? Oh, that um, – I think it's high. Yeah. I, you know, I, th- I thought it was high when I was attending here, and I mm-hmm. think it's just as high, if not higher. Um, like you said, these guys are fourteen and five. They came out. They I remember they started the season. What was it? Nine and zero or ten and zero? Before they got yeah, they were 14? I believe uh, eight and zero, and then eleven and one. And yeah, and then yeah. So you know, this team has been you know doing really good and handling you know handling these losses really well. You know, like yeah. they just lost against Gonzaga, bounced back against Pepperdine. So, you know, I see the ceiling going really high, you know, if, you know, um, depending on, you know, you know how they do rankings and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's all, that all comes into factoring and all that. But I definitely see them in, in a tournament, in a postseason tournament some, somewhere, you know, and, you know, doing well with it. Yeah. You know, definitely, you know, coming away with one, bringing one back to L.A. So, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a fun season. Uh, Autumn, we thanks. Thank you so much for coming on here. You're no welcome problem. anytime. And, no uh, problem. Thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. And that was our conversation with Autumn Jacka. We thank him once again for coming in and joining us and giving us his time. And we thank you for tuning in to another episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to our show, rate and review, and if you like it, give us five stars. We'll keep this thing rolling. Also follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass and on Instagram at jcass15. Be sure to send in any questions or thoughts about the podcast, and I can answer them here on a future episode. So I'd love you to send that in as well. And be sure to follow Autumn and Autumn Jacko on Twitter as well at A-Y-E-X-J-A-Y underscore iHoops. That's A-X-J at iHoop on Twitter. So for Autumn, follow him there, and be sure to follow us as well. So also don't forget on the Believe podcast network many other shows involving la area teams so you want to be sure to check those out as well there's a 
NBA Lakers Clippers show with Ryan Hollins. And of course, the Los Angeles Rams are on their way to the Super Bowl. So check out the Rams podcast here in the Believe Network with Matt Baker. And be sure to keep tuning us in here on the LMU Basketball Podcast as well. We'll be back with another great guest and a great show next week. But until then, thanks for listening and thanks for believing here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.